Jesus Awakened is a podcast hosted by Awakened Souls Ministry. We all come to know God because He has touched our hearts in some way, therefore awakening us. Let's chat and open ourselves up to becoming vessels on topics His Spirit leads us to. bless you. How are you this morning? I'm so happy for the privilege of being able to say a few words in behalf of God's greatness. My title is, Why Are You Looking at an Empty Tomb? In Luke 24, 5, it says, And they were afraid and bowed down their faces to the earth. And they said unto them, why seek ye the living among the dead? Mary Magdalene had come to the tomb to spices on Jesus' body. And as she was headed that way, she was thinking, who's going to roll away the stone? She arrives there. And the stone had already been moved away. This was very early in the morning. How many times do we get up early in the morning to talk to God? To tell God what we are going through and what needs we have in our lives? Not very many times. A lot of times we just want to sleep through. And say, oh, okay, the trials are there, the tribulations are there. I know God can handle it, but we don't talk to him. But as Mary reached the tomb with the spices, the reason of the spices were used because the people did not practice embalming bodies. So they would use these spices to uh, cover the odor as the body was decomposing. And so they were prepared to make this unpleasant odor, you know, be feel better or smell better. But as she arrived there, Jesus's body was not there. It was gone. And by them bringing the spices, this revealed that they didn't really expect Jesus to rise from the dead. They had heard him mentioned many times that he was going to rise. But still, there was so much doubt in them. They didn't believe that he was going to do that. They were able to see so many miracles that Jesus performed. How many times have we seen the hand of God in our lives and we still doubt and we still fail to believe that Jesus is the all-powerful? In John chapter 20, he said that Simon Peter and the disciples, they went to the, to the tomb after Mary told them that Jesus was no longer there. They ran there to go see that his body was not there. But they came across seeing the linen cloth that was there. But away from the linen cloth that was used for the body, they saw the napkin that was used to wrap Jesus' head with. And it was folded 
apart from the rest of it. And what this indicated, the folded napkin, was that I am finished. It was a custom that the master, when he finished, he would fold the napkin. But if he got up from the table with the napkin being placed next to his plate, this meant I am coming back. So Jesus had told him, I will be leaving, but I'm coming back. You're not going to be by yourselves. I'm going to send a comforter to help you, to give you strength and courage. So Mary, after the disciples left, Mary stayed behind, looking into the tomb, an empty tomb. They had nobody there. And as she was there, she saw two angels. One angel being where Jesus' feet should have been, and the other angel where his head was supposed to be, of where they had laid him. Then Mary, uh, then they asked her, Mary, why are you crying? And she said, because they have taken my Lord and I know not where they laid him. Mary Magdalene was the one that had been possessed by demons, seven demons the Lord had cast out of her body. He had delivered her and set her free from all this torment that she had been going through. But yet, as she turned back to the tomb, looking in there and not seeing Jesus, then she turned back and who did she see? Jesus standing there. But Mary Magdalene didn't recognize him. She seemed like she was blind. She, did, she couldn't tell this was Jesus. And how many times has that happened to us? We're going through a trial. We're going through a tribulation. And we keep thinking, where are you, Lord? Why aren't you answering me? Why am I going through what I'm going through? But Jesus is right there beside us. He was right there beside her. But she still didn't know it was him. After seeing and witnessing so many wonderful things Jesus had done. Because he is the all-powerful. He's the almighty. And his word says there is nothing in this world that's impossible for him. Then Mary Magdalene recognized it was Jesus. But why do we doubt so many times that this Jesus that died on the cross of Calvary is still alive? He has not forsaken us. He has not left us. Jesus ministered for three years with the disciples. And they saw so many things that Jesus did. He selected 12 men to follow him. And they were with him day and night. They saw every miracle that Jesus performed. They saw and witnessed all these things. They were not told of it like we are. 
We are told we read on the word of God, but they were privileged to see all these things. And they witnessed everything. They saw the great power that he had. Then Jesus was crucified and they felt alone. They felt like our master is gone. He's no longer with us. But after three days, he arose from the dead. And in Luke 24, 13, it tells us that after they left, two of the disciples left the tomb. They were walking to a village close to Jerusalem. And as they were walking, someone drew near to them. And he asked them, what is this you are talking about? And you're so sad. Then he recognized it was Jesus. He was right there with them, walking along with them, listening to them. But their eyes were shut. How many times are our eyes shut and we don't listen to what God has to say? I've been going through a trial where the doctors told me within two weeks to three months, you will be gone. This was January the 19th. As I sat in this chair where I'm sitting right now, all night long, I had been feeling like I'm not gonna make it one more day. I'm gonna be gone by tomorrow. I finally left my bedroom, came and sat on this chair, got my phone and called 911. I could not talk anymore. The lady kept asking me different questions. Is there someone with a corona? You know, uh, do you have a corona? I couldn't answer. And she finally said, we're sending the ambulance. It's on its way. I was able to hang up and I called my son on the phone. The bedroom is right there. I called him, but I could not talk to him. He finally comes out of the bedroom and he sees what I'm going through. He said, Mom, I'm going to get dressed. I'm going to take you. And I just shook my head. No, 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 no. By the time he got dressed, the ambulance was here. And I kept thinking, Lord, I'm not quite ready, Lord. I'm not ready to leave. But I made it only with the hand of God. And all I could do is just praise and worship him. As the days went by and I was in the hospital, doctors were angry at me because I would not go through dialysis. They said my kidneys were shut. They were no longer working. And I had had a heart attack. And they kept trying to encourage me to have dialysis. And I kept saying, no, I refuse. And they said, well, within two weeks to three months, you will be gone. It's been three months. But as I look at the word of God, 
in John 20, John, John chapter 2, verse 1 through 11, it talks about the, some of the miracles that Jesus did where they were invited to a wedding. The wedding, they ran out of wine. Mary, Jesus' mother, had witnessed that this child was full of the glory of God and was a chosen one. So she immediately told him, they're out of wine. And it wasn't Jesus' time yet, but yet he saw six pots, water pots, and he told them, fill them with water. And they filled them with water and the water became wine, clean, pure, not fermented wine, but clean, pure wine. That was one of the first miracles that people got to see of Jesus. Even though it wasn't his time, but yet he went ahead and told, did, he turned it into wine. But Mary told the servants, do whatever he tells you to do. Why? Because she knew the power that he had. She understood that this was the son of God and only he could do great and mighty things. Jesus is still the same. Yes, he was crucified. Yes, he died. But he arose from the dead. He is not in the tomb. He is with us every day, helping us and filling us with his glory. And he sent the Holy Spirit to be our comforter and our strength and to give us courage to overcome any situation. As the doctors told me, my time, my time was short. I told them, it doesn't matter. I'm short anyway. <laughs> so, you know, at this point, who cares? And I have truly seen the hand of God. Amen. There are days that the enemy puts in my mind is getting closer. April the 19th is around the corner. And that's, you had your incident in January the 19th. But I have to tell him no. Why? Because there is power, power, power in the blood of the Lamb. As the little song goes, there is power, power, wonder-working power in the blood of the Lamb. There is power, power, wonder-working power in the precious blood of the Lamb. And that's what we have to stand on, that there is power in the blood of Jesus and that the mighty hand of God is with us. We do not have to have fear. Yes, as humans, we fear. And so many times we are attacked, but yet we got to fight back and say, no, the battle is not mine. It belongs to the Lord because he says, 
I will fight the battle for you. You need to trust in him and depend on him. Matthew's chapter 8 gives us a lot of examples. As Jesus is coming down from the mountain, great multitude followed him there. And there came a leopard worshiping him and saying, you can cleanse me. You can make me hold. And what does Jesus do? He tells him, you are healed. And he cleanses him from the leprosy. The leprosy is a very ugly disease. It destroys the tissue of the body. But yet the power of God is so amazing and so wonderful. He healed him as he was traveling. A centurion came to him and told him, my servant is sick with a palsy and he's tormented. And Jesus answered him and said, I will go to your house. But the centurion said, no, I'm not worthy of you coming to my house. Just say the word. And that's all Jesus is telling us for him just to say the word and we will see the miracle in our lives. So Jesus, you know, said he, he believed what this man was saying and, and what great faith this man had. And that's what the Lord wants us to do. Have faith in him, to trust in him, to believe in him that all things are possible through him. He didn't die in vain. He died for a reason, to give us life. And that servant was healed just by Jesus saying the word. Then Jesus came to Peter's house and found Peter's mother-in-law sick with a fever. And all he did was touch her hand and she was delivered from that fever. These are great and wonderful things that Jesus has done. While at the hospital, the doctors, the cardiologists, the pulmonologists, and the kidney specialists were all amazed at God's greatness and how God was just with me, that the kidney specialist was even angry at me, not believing that I served a mighty God. Because even I sometimes failed, but I had to stand on his word. And then as Jesus continued, there was many that were possessed with devils, and Jesus healed them. Jesus delivered them. In the same chapter, Jesus got into a boat with the disciples, and he was so tired after ministering, he went to sleep on the boat. And a great storm came, and the disciples were full of fear because the water was starting to come into the ship. But he said unto them, why do you fear? They had seen all these great things Jesus had already done. They knew the power that he had and he arose and calmed the sea and the waters. What a great thing. You know, they witnessed the mighty things that he did, but yet being human, we go through so many things. We have read, we have heard. In our daily lives, we see how God has taken care of us. 
How many times have we almost been in an accident? How many things have we witnessed in our lives? My husband, my kids, my baby was maybe two years old. The other one was four. Someone comes and knocks on my door and tells me Gilbert is dead. I didn't know anything about Rosenberg. I had never been in, in the hospital here. I was not aware of what it was like. They told me that they had his body there at uh, Polly Ryan. And uh, so we walk in and the lights were dim. And they told me, go, keep walking down the hall. They told me what area to go to, the old hospital. And I thought, oh, I guess they want me to identify the body. So I'm walking down the hall, very quiet, not knowing what to expect or anything. As I'm turning the corner, I hear him. My wife is going to get mad at you. They were trying to give him a shot because they were going to have to amputate his arm. When I heard his voice, I said, oh, thank you, Jesus. He's alive. And you know what? They never did have to amputate his arm. He had a miracle in him. He had been in a major car wreck. That my that God that we serve, He is mighty, He is powerful, and as the disciples witnessed how immediately Jesus healed all these sick people. Then in the same chapter, we see that a ruler comes to Jesus and says, "My daughter is dead," and he told Jesus, "Come and lay your hands on her, and she shall live." What great faith this man had! And I don't know if he had seen the miracles Jesus had done, but he had heard of them. And he knew this man had power. He knew he was a mighty conquering king. So his daughter was healed. They saw these wonderful things Jesus was doing. So anyway, but he took a step of faith and said, you can do it. Just touch her and she will be brought to life. And she was brought to life. We don't have that privilege of seeing the miracles that Jesus did. But we have the privilege of studying his word. We have his word that tells us of all the things that Jesus has done. But we need to get to the root of it. We need to go to his word every day and stand on it and believe that he will help us. And as he traveled on, there was a woman that had been sick for 12 years and she was in that crowd and she told herself if only i touch the hem of his garment i will be made whole that is faith she believed that jesus could do great and wonderful things she touches the hem of his garment and jesus asked who touched me and the disciple said jesus you see the crowd here everybody's touching you but he knew that this touch was different from all the others. And he asked, who touched me? And she said, I did. And he told her, your faith has made you whole. And she was healed. Those are great and wonderful things that Jesus has done in the lives of so many people. And we need to understand, yes, we make mistakes. Yes, we're human. But yet he is right there ready to help us in any situation. 
we struggle, we have a lot of trials, a lot of tribulations, but let's go to the word of God and believe that he's going to bring us through, that his hand is still at work because he is the same yesterday, today, and forever, and he will do great and wonderful things. Then in the same chapter, we find that two blind men, they heard Jesus was coming, and they yelled and said, Son of David, have mercy on us. And Jesus asked him, do you believe? And they say, yes. And he touched them and their eyes were open and they could see. In Matthew 14, we find also that many people had been following Jesus. And they had been out in the desert. And Jesus didn't want to send them back home without eating. So he told the disciples, you know, what do we have? And they said they had five loaves and two fishes. That wasn't going to be enough for there was like 5,000 people. And Jesus said, bring it to me. And he turned towards heaven and he blessed the five loaves and the five fishes and fed 5,000 people. Isn't that amazing? The power of the great God that we serve. And not only that, there was 12 baskets left of bread and fish because we have a God that is mightier that can do the impossible. There's a song that uh, it's in Spanish. It says that uh, that nothing is impossible for the Lord. It, and the Bible tells us nothing is impossible for him. Then as Jesus uh, was walking, Peter also, you know, had fear. And he knew that he was going to deny Jesus when Jesus uh, was going to be crucified. And so Jesus, Peter felt Jesus. After the crow crawled three times, he had already denied Jesus. But yet his love and his mercy is so great that Peter became a great leader. And it doesn't matter what we go through. We can also become great and wonderful leaders for the glory of God. In Luke 7, verse 11, when Jesus was entering the city, there came a group of people with a man that had died. He was the son of a widow, the only child she had. And Jesus had compassion on her. And he told her, you know, to stop weeping. And he came and touched her son. And the man said, up, he rose him from the dead. We also hear of when he raised Lazarus after four days. He raised him from the dead. And he can still do those things for us. But sometimes our hearts are hardened and we don't put our trust in him. We put our trust on other things. But the word of God says, Those that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Teach me, Lord, teach me, Lord, to wait. Los que esperan en Jehová obtendrán 
nuevas fuerzas correrán con alas de águila, caminarán y no se cansarán, correrán y no se fatigarán. Oh, enséñame a esperar. And that's what the Lord is saying. Just help me for us to ask him to help us to wait on him until the time comes when he's going to answer. It might not be today. It might, buy, might be tomorrow. But the answer is coming nonetheless. And all we have to do is remember that he will bring us through. But we must learn to tell him, teach me to wait, Lord. In Matthew chapter 7, verse 7, it says, Ask and ye shall receive. Seek and ye shall find. Knock and the door will be opened. This is a promise of the Lord. As I laid in the hospital, I kept saying, Lord, I know you can do something. You can do something. And my only thought was, I don't have enough savings for my grandkids yet, Lord. Give me a little bit more time. Give me a little bit more time to work with gross ministry. I've only worked with gross ministry for 47 years and I didn't feel like my time was over. And I kept saying, Lord, there's work to be done. There's girls that need to know about the Lord. And thank God that he has been with me and he has helped me. He has watched over me. But we need to learn to continue to knock and ask and seek. And if we do those things, we will receive the answer to our prayers. Many of our children don't serve the Lord. We seem like they're never coming to him. But as I shared with Sister Delila, in my years that I have lived, I have been the type of person that I would go and pick up senior ladies. In my younger days, I would pick them up and take them to church, and they would say, my sons, they don't serve the Lord. They don't want nothing to do with the Lord. But now that they're gone, those sons are now serving the Lord. They didn't get to see it. But now they're there at church worshiping and glorifying the Lord. God is doing great and mighty things. For years, these mothers prayed. They didn't see the answer, but the answer came nonetheless. And that's what we have to learn to do, to trust the Lord to tell the Lord our heart's desires, and he will come through as we have seen it here. All these people that went up to the Lord and asked for help, he helped them, he delivered them, he set them free from demons, he healed their illnesses, and he will do the same for us if we just learn to trust and to depend on him on everything that he does. Many times I saw what my husband went through. Ten years of being ill, right after my mom died, seven days after we buried her, we were on the way to Houston to go take my sister to the airport so she could go back home to Ohio. On the way there, my husband got real sick and just started vomiting blood. The only thing I could do was rushed to St. Luke's downtown Houston. I was going like a hundred miles an hour. 
we arrived at the hospital. They took him in right away. And Dr. Lin told me he's not going to make it, called the family. I got on the phone there at the hospital. I didn't have a cell phone, but I used the hospital phone. Started calling everybody, come, he's not going to make it. Everybody came. They allowed everybody to go there into intensive care and, and say their last words to him. Monday came and Dr. Lin comes and he said, oh, he's still alive. Tuesday came. He said, oh my goodness, he's still alive, but it'll be today. He's in his last mile. Wednesday came and Dr. Lin says, my goodness, he's still alive. As they were giving him blood, the blood kept coming out. Finally, Dr. Lin said he was going to discuss the case with some doctors and they were going to try to do something different. They were going to put a TIP shunt in him and see if they could prolong his life. They put the TIP shunt, that was in 1996. He lived to 2002. During those years, he was at church. Yes, he was ill, but he was there worshiping and praising God until the day God called him home. So it doesn't matter what the doctors say. It doesn't matter what other people say. The Lord is in control of every situation. And as we have seen all the miracles, these are only some, a few of the miracles that he did. He can still do great miracles in our lives. I am a miracle of God. And I have truly seen the hand of God in my life. And you can also see the hand of God in your life. Just get rooted in his word. Go to the Lord, worship him, praise him, glorify him, and tell him, Lord, you are in control. You will fight my battle for me. As we look in the book of uh, Chronicles, we see that Jehoshaphat had told the Israelites, clean your house out. Get all those idols out that don't belong in your house because there's three armies coming against us. Let us fast and pray. And they did. They fasted and they prayed. And then there was a message that the Lord would fight the battle for them. For them to just worship and praise God. When he said, worship me, praise me, play instruments, sing. They did it. And as they marched towards where the three armies were, what did they come? To find that the armies had turned against each other and killed each other. And it took them three days to collect all the spoil that they had left. The gold, the sandals, everything. God is the one that fights our battles. So let us turn to him and allow him to fight our battle, not us. Let us just worship him and praise him and say, Lord, you're in control of everything. And I'm going to trust you. I'm going to depend on you and wait on your word. That this morning we will grow closer and closer to the Lord. And we're, we're battling. Let us worship. Let us praise and sing to him and see his glory come down and fulfill the promises that he has left us. God bless you. You have a wonderful week.